The devil wants to send any type of storm that he can to stop you from getting from one side to the other. But I've come to tell somebody in the spirit, and I need you to hear me right now, that it's time to fight and it's time to stand now more than ever before. But if you thought I was fighting then, you better look out, devil. Wait till you see me fight right now. Because if you thought I was praying before, wait till you see me pray now. If you thought I was praising God before, wait till you see me praise God now. Because there's nothing that can stop me from moving forward in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why I continue to say, if God be for me, who can be against me? That's why I stand on God's word. That's why I believe in him. That's why I trust in him. I hope you got your seatbelt on this morning, but I've come with a word from the Lord. I've come to tell somebody, and I want to encourage the church here today, even if I encourage myself. I want you to know something here very strongly and very boldly here. The Bible says in the book of Jude, I believe in the third verse, that we should earnestly contend for the faith. I'm going to say that again. It says we should earnestly contend for the faith. Now I want to dive into that just for a moment here because that's just what the Lord has given me for a second. Earnestly contend for the faith. So that helps me to know that there is a battle that's going to take place. Now, oftentimes when we think about in the book of Jude, when he was writing that, uh, there were people that have crept into the church, the Bible says, unawares. And they were trying to turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. They were trying to bring in other ways to the Lord and other ways to heaven and Jude was trying to let them to know that no there's only one way to God there's only one way to heaven and that is through Jesus Christ that if anyone else tries to give you another way to the Lord another way into heaven then they are false they are antichrist they are not of the spirit of God and therefore if you know what it takes and if you know that it takes Jesus in order to get into heaven then you must contend for that faith so when other people try to tell you you're not right, you're not right, or if other people try to tell you that it doesn't take all that, or if other people try to tell you that there's more ways to God than through Jesus Christ, he's trying to help them to understand, no, we have to fight for the faith. And so now if we think about that, that if Jude is letting us know that we must earnestly contend for the faith, Then if we think about that word faith, faith encompasses everything that we do. Faith encompasses everything that we do. Everything that we do, how we live, how we walk, everything is all with a foundational principle of the faith that we have in the God that we serve. I want you to think about that just for a moment because I, I need someone to, to really think about why you do what you do. It's based on your faith and what you believe. The scripture says that we are to fight, contend for the faith. The scripture lets us know that we are to fight or contend in what we believe. So therefore, if we believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, we are to fight for what we believe. If we believe that we must be baptized in the name 
of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, then we are to fight for what we believe. If we believe that we must be filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, because that's what it takes to be born of the water and of the spirit, then we are to fight for what we believe. Well, what are we fighting? We are fighting spirits or people that are trying to tell us that that is not true. But we are to fight and believe that God is with us and that he's for us and that what we have is real and that it is true. I'm going to say that again. That what we have is real and that it is true. That we are to fight for what we believe. Why are you saying this, Pastor? Because I'm trying to get you to understand that there will be people that try to fight you, that bring opposition that try to tell you I don't truly believe that it's not about what other people believe but it's about what you believe it's not about what other people tell you but what does the word of God let us know uh, it's not about what family or friends you know some people get so caught up in family and friends loved ones that they pull them away from truth uh, they pull them away from what they believe matter of fact they lose the fight because of other people are pulling them away from what they know is right uh, and because they are surrounded by people of influence uh-huh uh-huh some of your closest family members some of your closest people have influence in your life and they pull you away from what you know is right from from uh from the standpoint that you start questioning what you truly believe that's why the bible says that we must contend for the faith so i want to ask a question or even make a statement are you contending for the faith are you contending for what you believe in are you truly fighting in what you believe in uh what i'm simply saying is is that if you truly believe in the lord uh if you truly believe that he's able to do all things are you fighting for what you believe in and if you're fighting for what you believe in how are you fighting for what you believe in well i just want to stay here just for a moment because i don't feel to move on anymore uh, because now more than ever we ought to fight for what we believe in if you believe that god is able to do all things then you must fight for what you believe in if you believe that god is able to pull you out of any situation then you must fight for what you believe in if you believe that god is able to do all things but fail then you must fight for what you believe in uh, i'm trying to help somebody here today uh, because some of us somebody here today has been wavering in their faith uh, you've been wavering in what you believe in you've been wavering thinking is god able to do all things uh, but i want to encourage your spirit here today uh, that i haven't stopped fighting uh, i haven't stopped believing neither should you stop believing neither should you stop fighting uh, neither should you have some type of spirit of fear uh, where you're afraid of anything and everything but if God is with you you must understand that he is your protector he's your guide he's your leader and he is your healer so no matter what comes up against me I must stand firm in the word of the Lord and believe that God is able to do anything for me ah, well I want to reach somebody right where you are I need you to understand that God is still able I said God is still able he's still able to set free he's still able to deliver no matter where you are God is able to do all things because we must contend 
for the faith. There was a book that my wife and I read many years ago. And this book said what to expect when expecting. What to expect when expecting. And this book was dealing with, of course, pregnancy and childbirth and what to expect during this time while uh, my wife was uh, carrying our baby. And so this book was giving us some instructions, some guide around what to expect while you are expecting. And this book, of course, was, was very educational at the time because we were just not really sure about certain things. And, uh, and you know, if this complication came up or, or, or if my wife started feeling this way or if I start seeing her emotions begin to change and, you know, her character uh, begin to change. Because oftentimes when uh, women get pregnant, they're all over the place. And so you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, they're, they're like this one day, then the next day they're, they're, they're totally different. Uh, and so it gives all these type of examples, what to expect, when expecting. Uh, and I begin to think about that. I begin to think about that uh, on from a spiritual standpoint of what to expect when we are expecting. Uh, because the church, this church, uh, the body of Christ is expecting great harvest. We're expecting a great move of God, what many people call revival. Um, and why I say that is because actually revival is for the church. Uh, because in order to be revived, you must have first had it the first time. Uh, and if the church is revived and if we have revival, then we shall receive harvest. But I don't believe harvest can come unless the church is first revived. But once we become revived, then once we get to a place where we need to be, then the Lord will send us what belongs to us but we will never receive what belongs to us unless we first are prepared for what God wants to send us that's why I say Lord prepare us Lord prepare our hearts help us to expect what is expecting uh, and so now we begin to read this book and it begin to give us a little bit of understanding and I begin to think about this from a spiritual standpoint what to expect when expecting and I begin to think about well, if we are expecting great harvest, if we are expecting revival, then there are certain things that we should anticipate or expect to happen until the birth comes. Matter of fact, as a mother gets closer to childbirth, there's these things called contractions. Now, I know some of you men don't really understand that, uh, but I'm here to tell you that those contractions, from what my wife tell you, are very real. Uh, and so they have contractions. And so if you would notice, if anyone's been a part of uh, childbirth and you've been around, you've been married and had children, you will know that the contractions increase the closer you get to childbirth. The contractions are sometimes hours apart. And then as you get closer to the childbirth, they become even minutes apart. And then we know that childbirth is getting close because the contractions become stronger and stronger. Uh, you know, it's very similar when it comes to contending for the faith and believing what the Lord is doing in this time. That we're going to have 
contractions in the church. Those contractions don't feel good. They hurt. They are painful. Uh, matter of fact, I will oftentimes see my wife grip and hold and she would squeeze my hand and my arm during that time and now I'm in pain because, because of how hard she's squeezing my hand and my arm and now we're both hurting because she's going through these major contractions. And see, oftentimes that's why it's good for us to pray for one another. That's why it's good for us to be with one another. That's why it's important for us to confess our faults to one another. The Bible says that we may be healed. See, it's important that as we go through contractions, we have to understand that's what's to be expected. Uh huh. Those things are to be expected when we are expecting. Now, if the church is not expecting anything, then we shouldn't anticipate any opposition. If we're not expecting anything, then we can just sit back and just sing kumbaya and just say, yeah, everything's going to be all right and everything's going to be okay. And we're just going to coast through this thing as easy as possible. See, some people want life to be that way. They don't want opposition. They just want things to be a smooth sailing road. But anytime you desire greater, anytime you desire more, there's going to be opposition. Uh, anytime you want to climb higher, you're going to have to dig deeper in order to climb higher. Anytime you want to go further in Jesus Christ, there's going to be opposition. There's going to be some contraction, some things where you just got to hold on tight and hope that you don't get knocked off of your pedestal. Not hope that you don't get knocked off of the road that you are traveling on. But I want this church to know, uh, despite what the opposition tries to bring, despite how often these contractions begin to take place, uh, we must stand firm and believe that birth uh, is coming uh, that harvest uh, is coming uh, so then therefore when we're up against the things and we see opposition begin to take place time and time again I want you I'm trying to prepare somebody here today uh, that we must know what to expect when expecting uh, because if we're expecting a great harvest uh, if we're expecting great revival if we're expecting great results uh, can I go a little bit deeper uh, if we're expecting miracle signs and wonders uh, if we're expecting people to come out of sin, if we're expecting people to change their life, if we're expecting people to come out of drugs and alcohol, if we're expecting people to make a complete 180 turn in their life, if we're expecting God to do great things in their life and great things in this church, then we need to expect contractions. We need to expect the opposition to come. But just because the opposition comes, that doesn't mean we crawl in a corner somewhere. That doesn't mean I go somewhere and hide. That doesn't mean I hang my head down low. But no, that's when I stand firm. That's when I look to Jesus. That's when I say God is able to do all things. That's when I believe God for more. That's when I expect people to be baptized in his name. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Because I'm facing contractions. So that means birth is coming. Ooh, I hope somebody received that right there. I said birth is coming. Birth is coming. Because when the birth comes, you forget all about those contractions. When the harvest comes, you forget all about the pain. When the harvest comes, you forget all about the suffering. Why? Because you hear that baby cry. You said my baby is alive. I'm here to tell you this church is alive. We're going to hear babies cry. We're going to see miracles things take place in Jesus name hallelujah glory be to God oh hallelujah I, I, I told you I don't know I, I'm just I'm just preaching right now I, I'm just being led by the spirit just for a moment but just stay with me here uh, because I truly truly feel that the enemy is doing everything he can 
and he will continue to do everything he can to try to stop something that is unstoppable. The only way that he can stop anything is if we allow him to stop. Mm -hmm. But we must contend for the faith. We must continue to fight. For the faith, what faith? The faith that each one of you have. Because the Bible says God has given every man a measure of faith. So you must fight for the faith that you have. I, I, I don't care who's telling you you're crazy. This is your faith. I don't care who's telling you it's not going to happen. I don't care who's trying to come up against you. Look, look, Jude, if you go, if you go to Jude with me, I, I think it's verse number five. In verse number five, it says, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that did what? Believed not. You, you, the, the scripture says that Jude is trying to tell them, hey, I want you to remember what the Lord did. Now, you already know this, but I want to take your memory back to how the Lord brought them out of Egypt. God did it. But once they came out of Egypt, they done lost their mind. They done built a golden calf, and then they worshiped the golden calf and said the calf brought them out of Egypt. Now, how can something they just built bring them out of somewhere they already came out of? Think about that. How can something they just built with their hands be the one they worship and say, this is who saved us from Egypt? But see, that's what the enemy wants to do to many people in their minds. To cause them to think that the God of their salvation, the God that's done many works, the God that's done many miraculous things in their life, is not still able to do what he's able to do today. So Jude says, I want you to remember those people because those same people that believe not were destroyed. I don't know about you, but I refuse to be destroyed because of my lack of faith. And people are being destroyed all over this place, all over this world, all over this city because of their lack of faith. Where are they being destroyed? They're being destroyed in their spirit. They're being destroyed in their mind because they don't have the right mindset. They don't have the right heart. They're, they're not approaching things the right way. The only way to approach things is with the Lord. Is having the Lord first. That's the only way to approach things. Uh huh. So, so there's a disconnect there. And Jude is trying to get them to understand. Hey, I want you to remember that. Because then the scripture says, if you drop down all the way to verse number 18, go all the way down to verse number 18. Verse number 18 says, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time. <laughs> I'm trying to let you know and tell you, remember, there's going to be people that mock you in the last time. There's going to be people that say you're crazy for going to church. There's going to be people that say you're crazy for believing what you're believing. There's going to be people that say, why are you doing this? Why are you putting yourself in what people consider 
harm's way in a lot of different areas and things uh, that people decide to do in our day and in this time. Why, why are we? Why are you doing this? There's mockers. There's people that saying, "Ah, you, you, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're talking about." There's going to be people that come along like that. But Jude is challenging them. He says, "Who should walk after their own ungodly lusts?" It says, "These." In verse number 19, be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. I want to encourage someone here today that what the Lord is speaking unto you and what you believe, don't let nobody else tell you anything different. But what you believe, you believe. And if you believe God is able to do it, then you believe God is able to do it. To give you an example, there's a good friend of mine. He's actually a friend to my father. Um, He's a preacher in Indianapolis, Indiana. My my father knows him very well. And um, he's been preaching the gospel for many, many years. He has children uh, that are very gifted and talented. Preachers, singers, musicians, very gifted family. And this man was just standing outside having a conversation. And he was having a conversation with someone else. It could have been in his family or someone different. Has a massive heart attack and falls down and dies instantly right there outside the ambulance come they take him they can they they consider him dead at that moment and they know that he's dead because his he um, his bowel movements came out everything when you die everything releases out He's at the hospital. He's now been dead for over 20 minutes. And his children are all there. And this happened just a a few weeks ago. This man has this massive heart attack and he just dies right there. And his children are all there at the hospital. And his children are crying. And they go from crying to then they start praying. Lord, Lord, God, why is this happening? Lord, God, help us, help us, help us. And they begin to pray and pray. And um, as they're praying, the oldest son is not praying with the other children because he's just, he's, he's hurt. He's so hurt. They say they kind of gather in a circle around their father, and the oldest son is just, he's distraught. Well, then the oldest son hears the Lord speak to him and says, do you believe? Once he heard that voice speak to him that says, do you believe, he immediately jumps into the circle with his family members as they're just standing around their father just praying and praying. And the oldest son begins to say, Daddy, get up. Daddy, 
get up. Daddy, get up. He's repeating, Daddy, get up. Daddy, get up. Everybody's praying. They're praying. They're praying. This is, Daddy, get up. And within a few moments, that body, it jumps. The body jumps. Heartbeat comes back in. Doctors run into the hospital, into the room, and they're wondering what has taken place. They're praying. He's saying, Daddy, get up. Daddy, this is after over 20 minutes of his death. Daddy, get up. Daddy, get up. The doctors rush into the room. They have no idea. They can't explain it. Nothing. But now there's a heartbeat. Now he has movement. And then he's just laying there on the bed. Uh, but what continues to happen is, listen here now. Listen here. The doctors come in and say, yes, we have a heartbeat. Yes, he, he's okay. But he'll never be the same. He'll, he'll, he, now... What has taken place is he's in a, he's in some type of coma state. They say he's in some type of coma state, but there's a heartbeat. There's a heartbeat. They say, well, since he's been dead for so long, he may be a vegetable. We we, we don't really know what's going to take place. What's going to happen? Okay. So still, the children are in there praying. It's going to be all right. God God is going to move. God. They're just in there praying and praying. And so now that the doctors are in there, they're seeing what's going on. The oldest son is still saying, Daddy, get up. Daddy, get up. Dad, get up. It was moments. They said it was about five to seven minutes later. All the children are out of the hospital, uh, are out of the room. Uh, the doctors, he's just in there laying by himself. He has a heartbeat. And then the father, a doctor walks in, and the father raises up out of the bed. Immediately, he raises up out of the bed. He looks around, wondering, why do I have all these IVs and things in me? He begins to pull the things off of him, and then he begins to get up and say, why am I in here? What happened to me? The father has no recollection uh, recollection of what took place or what happened. All he knows is, is what, based on his family members, told him. But this man died of a massive heart attack, was dead for over 20 minutes, and because one person turned into many people that started believing all of his children saying we're not going to accept this death but we're going to believe that daddy is going to get up and they heard one word from the Lord and that oldest brother began to say daddy get up daddy get up why because the Lord said do you believe all I'm trying to tell somebody right now is do you believe do you still believe that God is able to do anything in your life Church, I'm trying to wake you up this morning. I'm trying to let you know that God is still a God that raises the dead. That God is still a God that is able to open the blind eyes. That God is still a God that's able to perform great miracles. What I'm trying to encourage you here today is to take heed to me. I don't care what bondage you're in. I don't care what sickness you have. I don't care what disease you have. I don't care what turmoil you have. Do you believe? Do you believe that God is able to do all things? I don't care if they've given you so many months. I don't care what's taking place in your life. Do you believe? Because if you believe a word from the Lord, that's all God is looking for. is for somebody to believe just one word. Because if I can grab hold to that one word, then I can start rejoicing over that word. Because I still believe. I still believe. Believe and I believe that God is able. 
to do all things because I've come to fight for my faith. I don't care what's taking place right now. I'm still looking for it because God is going to do great things. I don't care what's going on in my life. I still got to believe that God is able to do great things. It doesn't matter what's taking place in your home, what's taking place in your family. I still believe that God is able to do all things. Yes, we are to continue to pray, continue to read our word, continue to fast. Yes, we are to do those things, but we must fight, contend for the faith. Because we have to know what to expect when expecting. Because I just believe that the Lord can still do all things. He's still doing it even now. Do, do you hear what I'm saying? This, this is something that just took place a few weeks ago. God is still able to do things right now. God is still able to do it right now. but we must contend for the faith. <laughs> boy, boy, boy. I had, a, I had a totally different message ready and lined up, but I need to tell somebody they've got to contend for the faith. Mm -hmm. you, you, you've, you've got to understand that it's your faith is what you're fighting for. That's what the enemy wants to rip from you. He wants to rip your faith because if he can get your faith, if he can get what you say you believe in, see, he's got you. That's when you will start questioning. That's when you will start being, well, I'm not quite sure. Well, do I really believe this? Well, I, 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 I don't know about that. No, that's what he wants. He wants your faith. Because if you can just start questioning, just like he did with Eve, well, did God say that? See, that's why it's important. You have to know what God said. What did the Lord say? And whatever the Lord is saying to you, you must receive that and believe it. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says to you. I'm going to say that again. It doesn't matter what anybody else says to you. Nobody, not a spouse, not a family member, not a child. If the Lord has spoken to you and given you a word, that's all that matters. And I can hold on to that word. Why? Because I'm contending for the faith. That's what fight you're in. You're in a fight for your faith. That's what we're in. We're in a fight for our faith. And this fight is for your life. Uh huh. See, you can't lose the fight of faith. You can't lose this battle. You know, there's some battles you can say, well, I, I, I'm just going to skip that battle there's some fights in my home i'm gonna say i'm gonna just go ahead and give that one up my wife won this one okay i'll get the next round see that's not this type of thing no but when you're fighting for your faith there is no next round there is no next fight because if you lose this fight you lose your life but, mm, 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 mm. but i can't lose my life over something that i know i've got to fight for i've got to fight for my faith that's why i worship him because i'm fighting for my faith that's why i fall on my knees and pray because i'm fighting for my faith that's why i read my word because i'm fighting for my faith that's why i dance before the lord because i'm fighting for my faith that's why i clap my hands and say thank you jesus because i'm fighting for my faith that's why i shout hallelujah because i'm fighting for my faith and when I fight for my faith, nothing can stop me. Nothing can hold me down. 
because I'm fighting for my faith. And this is a fight for your life. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, somebody needs to hear me today because you're in a struggle, but you're fighting the wrong way. You're in a battle, but you don't have the proper armor on. You're in a struggle, a fight. Uh, you're not quite sure what to do, where to go. You need to hear this preacher today. You're fighting not with flesh and blood, uh -huh, but the fight is in the spirit. That's what the scripture says. See, too often we're trying to fight this fight with our own hands. We're trying to fight this fight with our own mouth. We're trying to fight this fight with our own thinking. You can't fight that way, but you must humble yourself before the Lord. The Bible says this is a spiritual battle. This is a spiritual walk. You must allow God to be for you. You must allow him to lead you. You must allow him to fight your battle. You must allow him to lead you and guide you. I'm preparing and I'm ready because God's going to perform a miracle. I'm going to say that again. God's going to perform a great miracle. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know who, but God's going to perform a great miracle in many people's life. Because we know what to expect when expecting. Oh, yes, we do. Mm -hmm. And if you're not sure what to expect, well, listen to me. You have to know what to expect when expecting. Because when you have a better understanding of what to expect, things don't catch you off guard. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that again. Things don't catch you off guard. Those contractions, we were, ex oh, excuse me, she was expecting them. <laughs> but even though she was expecting them, they still hurt. They still caused pain. Still didn't like it. And some of them would last longer than others. Oh, I hope you're hearing me, church. Some of them will last longer than others. Still hurt. Still cause a lot of pain. Because just because you're expecting it doesn't mean we could avoid it. Mm -hmm. See, some of us try to set up so many safeguards to try to avoid the pain. We try to set up so many, well, if we do this, and I can do this, and then I can navigate. We try to navigate everything to try to avoid pain. Who likes pain? No one likes pain. But it's often through the pain comes great gain. It's often through the oppression, the struggle, is when we go to the next level. We can't have the next level and not expect some pain. You can't have birth without pain. You can't have the joy of holding that baby without suffering through the time of pain. 
You can't have the joy of hearing that baby cry. You can't have the joy of watching that baby as they grow, crawl. You can't, you can't have that unless you have the suffering. You can't have the joy of hearing them say mama or daddy for the first time unless you go through the pain first. You can't. The thing is, is that when we are walking through life and when we are navigating through this journey of faith, we have to know and remind ourselves what the Lord told Jeremiah. He told Jeremiah, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. He said, then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me and you shall search for me with all your heart and I will be found of you. And I will turn away your captivity. See, the Lord will turn away your captivity. You cannot turn away your own captivity. But the Lord, in the middle of your struggle, will intervene at the right time to turn away all of your sorrow and turn your sorrow into joy. It's important for everyone to understand it's important for this church, it's important for everyone that is listening to know that you are in a fight in your own personal walk, a fight for what you believe and a fight for what we claim. But I still believe in the report of the Lord. I still trust in the Lord. I still trust in in Jesus. I still believe that he's able to do all things. I can say that with a smile on my face and know that God is able to do anything but fail. I want to encourage someone here today. I want to let you know that you ought to walk around your home today and say, I'm blessed of the Lord. I'm still highly favored of him. God is still loving me. He still smiles upon me. Somebody needs to receive that right now. Even where you are, you ought to stand to your feet. You ought to lift up your hands. You ought to say, Lord, I thank you for what you have done. I give you glory for all that you have done. I praise you, God, because you're still real in my life. I thank you, Lord, because you're such a mighty God. You're such a great God. There's nothing too hard for you. See, even in the middle of your struggle, even in the middle of pain, if you can learn to testify, if you can learn to open up your mouth and magnify him, I promise you the Lord will turn away your captivity. I know some of you feel bound. I know some of you feel locked down but the Lord is able to turn away your captivity I promise you that God can turn it around in the middle of your praise just like he spoke to that son and says do you believe I want to challenge somebody here today do you believe do you still believe that God is able to do it do you still believe that God is able to turn it around
Do you still believe that God is able to do all things? I still believe because I know what to expect when expecting. And I know that God is going to bring forth great revival and harvest. I know God is going to do great exploits through my life. Somebody needs to say that to themselves. Can God do great things through you? Can God use you? I believe God can use me. You ought to believe God can use you. And if you believe God can use you, you ought to know that opposition is going to come but greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world and I'm going to continue to walk by faith I'm going to continue to believe that God is able to do all things because I serve a real God that is able to do real things hallelujah hallelujah and I trust him with all that I have hallelujah in the name of Jesus, I thank the Lord. I thank God for what he's doing. I give him praise for what he's doing. Hallelujah. I thank him. I give him glory. I give him praise. Because we are to earnestly contend for the faith. We are to earnestly contend. For what we believe. Hallelujah. I believe God's a healer. I fight for it. I believe God's a deliverer. I fight for that. I believe God is able to make a way. I fight for that. I believe God is able to do all things. I fight for that. I believe the Lord is in my home, in my life, in my children, in my wife. I fight for that. See, somebody needs to find something worth fighting for. Some of you have lost the fight because you don't know what you're fighting for anymore. Some of you need to dig back and remember what the Lord has done for you in the past and say, even if I got to go back a few years, even if I've got to go back a few months, I've got to find something worth fighting for because there's something worth fighting for, even if it's for your own salvation. That right there is worth fighting for. That right there is worth getting up every day saying, Lord, I thank you just for another day. Lord, I thank you just for another opportunity. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done. That's worth fighting for. Hallelujah. But we have to have an expectation that what is going to take place is worth fighting for. If I can go back and use the example quickly. When a mother is preparing for birth, the contractions that they have, the pain that they feel, is not the decision. The ultimate factor that plays into the decision of aborting that child. That's not it. It's not the pain they suffer. It's not the contractions. It's the anticipation or the expectation that they have of caring for the child once the child is here. They think they cannot take care of it. They think they shouldn't have had the baby, so they choose to abort the baby. It has nothing to do with the pain has everything to do with the expectation of what's to come. They don't think they can handle that part. So therefore, they abort the child. 
It is the expectation of not being able to care for what's coming. That's what it is. I want to challenge someone here right now. What is your expectation of what's to come? What are you thinking? What is your expectation of today? What is your expectation for tomorrow? What is the expectations that you have that God is going to do for you? Or are you choosing already to abort what God has told you and promised you that he's going to do for you? Oh, I've, I've come to challenge somebody here right now. You ought to hear that. What is your choice right now? Are you choosing to abort what God said, I'm going to bring you out? See, it's, it has nothing to do with the pain. Nothing to do with the pain. It has everything to do with where your expectations are, where your mindset is. If you don't think you can handle what's to come, you abort the mission. I'm not qualified. I'm not good enough. This can't happen for me. You think less of yourself when you have no idea the type of God that you serve. It's not about your abilities. It's all about his ability. So then we choose to abort the mission. Well, I've come to serve the enemy notice, and I want this church to know we're not aborting the mission. <laughs> if we have claimed the north, south, east, and west, then we're not aborting the mission. If we're claiming deliverance and healing and we're claiming an influx and increase, uh, God to pour out the Holy Ghost, uh, reconciliation, we're not aborting the mission. We're not going to abort what the Lord has given this church. Uh, we know opposition is going to come, but the pain is not going to cause us to stop the mission. Is if we think we believe we're not worth caring for the mission. Uh, but God has given me a word for somebody, even if it's for myself, that we shall not abort the mission, that God is going to prepare us to receive what he has for us. Throw your hands up right where you are. Lord, we thank you right now. God, we give you.